All right, let's go hour number two on a Monday. Longhorn basketball fans partying like it's 2008. Men beat Penn State. Going to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 08. And remember, they are the last game to tip on Friday evening. So it is Friday night, 8.45. Might push to a little later, but the pregame will start at 8 o'clock right here on the Horn. Texas women's basketball fans, if you have not been out to the Moody Center this year, perfect time to go. Or if you've already been out, it's your last chance to go support this team. See if you can help them get to the Sweet 16. Tickets are available. TexasSports.com slash tickets. It is Texas and Louisville on the women's side. If Texas wins it, they advance. And if you have not heard, the number one seed in their region got beat. Ole Miss took them out. They would be Stanford, of course. Stanford's out. Ole Miss advanced. So Texas would face Ole Miss in Seattle instead of Stanford in Seattle. That's a little different. What happened, Vandiver? Mm. Vandiver, what happened? Tara's team got beat. Oh, That's what happened. Boo-hoo. Tara's team got beat. Maybe so she's too busy worrying about other people and their coaching. She should worry more about her coaching. I don't know what you're talking about. Tara Vanderveer has never expressed an opinion about anyone else yeah. but her own team. She yeah. never, ever worries about anybody else. With that played-out bob she got. Uh, her hairstyle is not new. <laughs> it definitely ain't new. Not new. Not brand new. No. It ain't Katie Couric, I know that. <laughs> if her hairstyle is at the salon, the picture's <laughs> in black and white. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Yeah, she's such a hater. Hey, Man, she's a hater. Here's a hunk of history that I didn't realize until before we get to Joe Cook. Do you realize that the highest ranked team to ever win the women's championship is three? A three seed. That's the highest. Men, yeah, it's the, always chalk. The men's side, it's eight. But on the women, I didn't realize that. A four seed or higher has never won the women's tournament. Who was the eight? That Villanova team? Eight's Villanova. Yeah. Yeah, the Villanova over Georgetown team. Yeah. That's the, that's the highest uh, seed on the men's side to this day, if I'm not mistaken. All right, let's get to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. A lot of Longhorn stuff to hit with Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com. How are you, sir? Doing great. Glad to be here. A little but, bit, uh, like I said on, on Friday, I bet the, the environment was a little contentious when he walks in with the Vince McMahon strut, and you have to <laughs> hang your head a little bit after uh, the, the Nittany Lions took it to Buzz Williams' team. I think the only good news I had was I had a long time to prepare for the feeling. You know, it wasn't like a buzzer beater from half court at the end. Penn State, to me, was clearly better by two minutes to go first half. I knew it. I mean, I knew the Aggies were in deep, deep trouble. So then, for and then for Texas to shut down the Penn State shooting, the way they did, I know there was that run in the second half, but overall, I thought Texas did a great job of of not allowing Penn State to do to do to them what they had done to to the Aggies. Yeah, when I watched the the Penn State team, it kind of reminded me a lot of Maury Ball with uh, Russell Westbrook and those Rockets, where he was the point guard nominally, but he would basically kind of play the five, and that's what they had Jalen Pickett do. Uh, just drive in and and kick it to shooters, and sometimes he overdrove. Like he found himself under the bucket. Um, I honestly, I thought that. Texas probably did a better job staying on shooters against Colgate than they did against Penn State. Penn State just didn't really punish them until that run late in the second half. So, but overall, you know, they they basically forced Jalen Pickett to either have to be a one man show and try to get those points and a lot of two point buckets themselves, uh, or you know, some other guys who maybe weren't their typical big three point guys to 
to make it rain, and then they they weren't able to do that as much as they probably would have liked, and that's a big reason why Texas. I mean, yeah, Texas had its bad shooting night, but that was a very poor shooting night for Penn State. Plus, Pickett was seven to one turnover to assist, and that's a guy who's got it. Obviously, he's got the ball in his hands a ton. But that's bad for even having your, the ball in your hands that much like he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seemed like when he went to the basket, Joe, he's not used to help not coming because mm-hmm. he's so good. He's second team All-American, first team in the Big Ten. Usually when he gets down there and he's so physical, he, he gets start getting a couple of layups, and then your natural reaction is to help, and that's when they start kicking out to three-point shooters. But, you know, in the three Big 12 games, in the Big 12 tournament, Without Timmy Allen, we were wondering what's going to happen when Timmy Allen comes back. And we knew if Texas wanted to make a deep run, they were going to need zero to come through. And he did. Even though he had the nine points, the 12 rebounds, insane. And then the defense that he had on Pickett and just hearing him talk on Friday about he wants, he likes seeing all these other guys shine. He don't care about points he scored over 2,000 been there done that it's all about winning and you need guys like that especially him seeing the horn succeed in the big 12 tournament the first five minutes of that first half he was about as active I think as we've seen him play most of this year I think he had about even within the first 10 minutes I think he had about seven boards or something like that so it means he got five the rest of the way and just was a presence there the entire time. But, you know, that's a player in Timmy Allen who he's gotten Keontae Johnson, he's gotten Keontae George, he's gotten Jalen Wilson. Like any big-time player who Texas matches up with, it's usually Timmy Allen's turn to defend him. And it was another case where he was up to the challenge, like he's been most of the season. So he he deserves a, a, a ton of praise. And, you know, even though he has stepped back a little bit in what his role on offense is, he still is able to find his spots and get his shots and within the flow of the offense. And especially when you have a player who was uh, putting up 28, to find your secondary role in the offense um, and let that other guy shine was was really awesome to see from Allen. Yeah. So, what do you make of this team if you're trying if you're Xavier and you're trying to figure out what's next to see a performance like that from Dassue? How does it change the you know, how does it change the scouting report report for you for Texas? Or do you look at that as maybe a, a one-off and Dylan DeSue is not going to be able to do that again? How, how would you look at it if you're Xavier? It's it's a little bit different because Penn State doesn't have the height. They just didn't play very many guys who were above six foot nine. Whereas Xavier, it kind of reminds me of that Creighton team that had Kalkbrenner earlier earlier in the year that came to the Moody Center. Um, they've got that tall – I don't know if the tall guy that Xavier has is as – capable offensively as Kalkbrenner was. Yeah, Nunji. Nunji, and and Kalkbrenner got like 20 points, I think, for Creighton. Um, But that's going to be someone who Xavier may trust to play DeSue one-on-one. DeSue was able to take advantage of a size – take advantage of a size advantage that he rarely had throughout the year. And he even mentioned this post-game. He's like, I got a lot of great passes where I had one dribble or one-step shots, and I was – in my sweet spot. And I don't know if that's going to be replicable with Nunji and his size and his ability. I mean, he made one of the biggest blocks of the entire weekend um, in, in Xavier's. I think that was either their first or second round game. So it's going to look a little bit different. I, honestly, it's going to be a situation, I think, where you hope that Texas does a little bit better than one for 13 from three. And it's been for both these games uh, in a little bit different fashion. You, you 
you hope you find a middle on that three-point shooting uh, against a team like Xavier because they've been great all year um, at two-point shooting. It's a combination of guys like DeSue and uh, Allen and Carr, their game being very mid-range focused, and uh, sometimes you get good stuff from Jabari Rice, sometimes you don't. But they, they are going to need a lot more balanced offensive look against the Xavier team just because of the physical – the physical matchups that Xavier can throw at you that not even Colgate or Penn State could. Yeah, what's nice about them, the Sioux, he's not a traditional big, even though the majority of his scoring comes from inside the three, he'll take you out to that three right. and he'll hit a couple. Like that when Xavier looks at the scouting report when they watch film, they're gonna see he's hit a couple of threes this year, which it's gonna make Nunji wanna come out just a little bit. And he's done a good job of getting to the bucket when bigs come out. But Rodney Terry Joe I mean, at this point, it's hard not to give them the job. You see all these good teams going out, not making it to the Sweet 16 from Kansas, Purdue, Arizona. And a lot of those guys, a lot of those coaches were thought of to maybe going for when the Texas job opens up, going after, you know, Matt Painter's name came up, Tommy Lloyd's name came up. And now you're looking at those guys and like, ah! I don't think so, especially with what Coach Terry's doing. What did he show you these last two games from Colgate to Penn State? That the staff that he has and, and what he's done allows him to game plan as, as well as any coach in the tournament right now. Um, I wrote something on Inside Texas about that last time out, right before, right after Penn State took the lead. It was right when they needed that timeout. And, of course, they're like, hey, let's just go to the matchup we know we have. And they found different ways to get Dylan to sue the ball, even you know against some trap ball screens. They were finding ways to get through that and get him the ball. But he, he showed that with you know his ability to make defensive adjustments in-game, to defensively game plan, and with the staff around him that makes the offensive game plan because that's an area that he needed some help with. That was Chris Beard's area. He was an offensive coach. I know – defense is like a program principal at Texas, but Chris Beard and that motion offense, that was his part. So you got guys like Bob Donwald, Chris Ogden, Steve McLean, who have helped uh, Rodney Terry shore up that offensive part. And it's created, you know, with Terry and that staff, a great staff if Chris Del Conte wanted to choose that. And then you have to balance that with what are the other options? Is it Nate Oates, who's got 25 million or so and some other problems with them? Is it the list ends there. Like I can't think of another really big time. Calipari, <sighs> make Jay Wright say no. Yeah, I've. Mm. If I have, you see I, how comfortable if, he looks. Does he I look like he's gonna go back to coaching? By the way, I can't tell. Do y'all know if he's won a championship or not? Because I feel like he doesn't wear the ring enough. Like and less show less. me the <laughs> ring every time he gets the chance. The less he's flashing school. that he's flashing that ring more than Candace Parker is flashing that beautiful smile. <sighs> what is going on? I, I think Jay Wright. Uh, if you ask Jay Wright, he's really happy. Uh, with his current role, because I don't think he wanted to dive into the portal stuff at yeah. this part of college basketball. No, I agree, Zay. He does look really comfy on oh, TV. He looks too and comfortable. I, yeah. I want. I I know he can recruit, but I want no part of Calipari in Austin. No. I just don't think that he, in late game situations, just on the court, he's got great talent there with guys like Oscar Shibway. He's got a player of the year on his team, and they're out. Before the second weekend again, Insane. they yeah. lost to a 15 seed last year. Like, I think he can succeed, but he can't have the type of success that he had when he could go get the uh, Anthony Davises or find ways to make uh, Derrick Rose and Chris Douglas Roberts 
uh, successful at a school like Memphis, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So now that they're in the Sweet 16, we will see. I mean, effectively now Texas has you know played uh, you know played to their seeding as a number two seed. I guess you could argue if a three beats a two that technically they didn't. But you're one of the four that is now fighting uh, for a trip to the Final Four in there with Houston and Miami. Do you buy into the idea that Texas may have an advantage just based on location, that they know what it's like to go to Kansas City? They were literally just there. These other three teams weren't. Uh, and just they know the full process of what they're about to go through. Could that be a help? I think it helps. I think at a certain point, once you're in on the game, it you know it's like that scene in Hoosiers. It's ten feet, it's ninety four feet. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a certain aspect of it that um, you know on the court may not affect it that much. But you know, going to find to that cruddy Kansas City airport, getting on the bus, <laughs> you know, going down. They know it. Going yep. to the T-Mobile Center, like they know. Okay. We get here, ten minute ride. We go to this locker room. I think there's some value to that, um, and I think there's a value in that. That's the familiar part because everything else right now is unfamiliar for this team. I, I can't exactly recall maybe how far. Uh, I know Tyrese Hunter made a Sweet 16. I don't know about Christian Bishop did. Christian Creighton. Bishop did with Creighton, yeah. but for most of this team, um, this is new territory for them, and and that's okay. It is for a lot of these different teams right now and probably Xavier as well. So, um, but to have that part be familiar, I think there's some value to it, but it's not going to be what makes or breaks the the game on yeah. on Saturday night. At the end Friday. of the day, Joe, Chad, how to beat Texas is to kill them on the boards and their last three losses from Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, they got killed on the boards. Guys like Tyrese Hunter giving you seven, oh, that's so big because people aren't going to think about Tyrese Hunter you know, in these last two games, he's quietly been maybe the best guard just overall. You know, we know Serge Jabari Rice went crazy against Colgate and, you know, they shot one for 13 against Penn State. But Tyrese Hunter just quietly doing all the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet and then helping it out on the boards where teams are trying to crash Getting those seven boards, that's huge. And when you start playing against these U of H's, Miami, now Xavier, you're going to need all of that. Yeah, t- about Timmy Allen and Tyrese Hunter together had 17 defensive rebounds. Yeah. I mean, just huge opportunities to get, you know, to create something heading the other way. Yeah, neither one of those guys are above 6'6. Right, it might say that for Timmy Allen, he ain't no six six. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be big. Remember Texas and Xavier Friday night, the late tip eight forty five, maybe even a little later, uh, eight o'clock pregame here on the Horn. All right, Joe, you've been real realistic about this baseball team for Texas and what we are seeing right now. They're handling their business. They've won ten in a row. Have we learned anything? Yet, or do you still need to see him play the black and red crew this weekend? I think we'll learn a lot more with that that black and red crew. Yeah. Uh, I think the fact that they navigated all but this upcoming game against the other black and red crew. That's uh, true. That's you, all black and red this yeah. week. That's right. In, in, incarnate, incarnate word. UI-dub. Yeah. Uh, to see them, they needed to go undefeated in this stretch. I, I really do think so because they're they're better than all these teams. Manhattan... Uh, Mercer, Campbell, whoever, you know, New Orleans, these aren't teams that... You're just saying words now. They haven't even played yeah, it. Right. <laughs> but, and, I, and I think that was... Yeah, the, he sounds like 16, 15 seeds. And, 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 <laughs> really exactly. Does. Fairly Dickinson, <laughs> they played them. UMBC, they played them all. <laughs> but I, I think it was part of a, a schedule that in, in recent years, this has been a... The, Texas has not shied away from a difficult non-conference slate, but that's because they've had some experienced teams. And with the way baseball scheduling works, you can kind of just put it together in the fall over the course of 
over the course of the fall. I think David Pierce probably had an inkling that this team, with it replacing so many different guys from the last two Omaha teams, they would need some opportunities to grow. Of course, they like to go to Arlington or Houston to play in those preseason matchups and get in front of those crowds at the big league ballparks. Uh, but they, I think it was smart to schedule this many straight home games. Of course, conference play you don't really have much control over, but to schedule all these non-conference games and allow all a lot of young players or first players in their first year at Texas to be able to figure out, okay, this is what playing at the dish is like. This is what winning's like. This is what you know I need to work on. But hey, we we won last night, and that's a good way to learn lessons. And even David Pierce will, will say that in post game interviews. But yeah, this is the week. It's going to be really tested because not only do you have uh, Texas Tech, who just I think entered the top twenty five, and I don't know how strong their schedule ever really is, but uh, they're they can hit the ball. They've hit the ball against whoever's come up against them. And then you go to. Bluebell Park next yeah. Tuesday, and that's always going to be. You know, there's no such thing as a meaningless midweek game. Uh, I don't. I don't think any midweek games <laughs> are meaningless, especially that one, <laughs> because they all count. They count the same towards your overall record. Uh, but that one counts, and yeah. that one's always been fun. Uh, whether it be at the dish, dish, whether it be in College Station, uh, they fill whatever section two hundred nine to the brim. Right. They take. You know, they count how many engines are on the trains and. Do all the bubble stuff, and, and so that'll be a big one. But the the Texas Tech series is going to be more important. I do like that uh, LeBaron Johnson is now a weekend guy. Um, he had a pretty short outing yesterday, but that's just because I believe he pitched Tuesday as well, so didn't want to overload him. So moving forward, they probably fit him in as the Sunday guy. Is that I, what you I, think? I think so. Okay. From from this point on, and uh, what you know, Lucas Gordon's been steady. Uh, they've gotten good pitching. They've gotten timely hitting over the past couple of weeks and now it's time to prove it against some of the better teams in Big 12 and that's what you face in these first two conference series with Texas Tech top 25 and Oklahoma State a team thought to be strong contender for the Big 12 title. Texas and uh, Incarnate Word <laughs> yeah. coming up tomorrow evening at 630 by the way. Texas A&M seems like the only university to name their field after an ice cream place and serve zero ice cream. How dare you. Bluebell Park. I bet you there ain't no ice cream at that place. Are you Somebody s- let me know. Come on. How many Olsons are there? <laughs> Come on. You really think you really think the Aggies aren't selling I, y'all better ice be. cream? Y'all Come better on, be. Brother. Come on, man. Y'all better be. The I know, fact that Blue Bell allowed y'all to call that park that name, that's what, just a blessing and honor if, for if, y'all. If you are it should be an it. honor for both. No. <laughs> it should be an honor for both. How dare you? One one word of, I love going to that game. One word of advice. Don't speed on Highway 21 if you're going to uh, College Station. No, do not. No, because you're absolutely they, uh, right. They, they like catching cars who may be a little bit over heading from Austin to College Station. Yeah. So, um, a- A&M just uh, hosted LSU for a series. LSU came in and took two of three from the Aggies. So uh, we'll as we get towards that Tuesday game, we'll take a look at kind of where those two teams are. Both have had their shaky moments earlier in the season. Obviously, Texas on a roll now with 10 in a row. We'll see what it looks like when we get to Tuesday. Uh, Longhorns looking really good right now on, uh, on the baseball field. All right, real quick before we let you go, since you are a Houston fan and therefore a Texans fan, Tell me what I'm getting as a Cowboys fan. Brandon Cooks, tell me what I'm getting. You're getting a guy who didn't want to be in Houston. Uh, that's for sure. He wanted out of there for a long, long time. That's I it? Mean, he wanted to be on a contender. Uh, he's still productive. I mean, he's throwing a 1,000-yard seasons down, even with guys like whoever the Texans march out at quarterback mm-hmm. uh, throwing to him. So I don't know how much it's going to help, uh, but it's a guy who's on, you know not very expensive, I think, as far as assets 
sent to Houston go for that, and <laughs> you know it's it's somebody. It, so there you go. Fifth and a sixth round pick go the other way, and I was looking for more than that. I was looking for a little more dazzle, a little more razzle, a little more something. He, he's productive. You have to watch him play to say something about him. He ain't played. <laughs> that's not that. He ain't on the field. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Joe has no idea. Joe and the Texans fans really don't know what the Cowboys are getting, uh, but they are getting Brandon Cooks, in case you missed that story from over the weekend. We'll get you some more NFL notes coming up. That is Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com at Joseph Cook 89 on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Always good to see you, brother. We will talk to you next week when we know a little more about this Texas baseball team. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, and, Joe. And maybe we're talking Final Four for the Texas basketball yeah. team. Got to find two more wins, though. Got to find two more wins before you get to that because there's still a one seed. There's that hot Miami team as a five seed, and Xavier as a three. Once they escaped Kennesaw State, they took it out on Pitt, beat them by 11. It'll be Texas and Xavier. So we got a lot of basketball to get to this week. Up next in the Flex 30 segment, let's give Dylan DeSue a little extra love from the local perspective, plus some offer updates and a Flex tweet of the day from a local stud that got a few people talking about Recruiting in the past. We'll get to all of it in the. Uh, we'll get to all of it in the flex segment on the horn. Chad and Zay. All right, rolling through a Monday. A lot of happy Longhorn fans in and around the Austin area and 16 groups of fans real happy on the men's side. All right, so, Zay, this is your George Harrison right here. That's right. One of the Beatles that, uh, what, this would have been mid to late 80s, kind of had an out-of-nowhere hit with this one. This was big for a while. This has got to be, maybe it's My Sweet Lord. I'm trying to think, for the solo stuff for George Harrison. Best charting song? It might be this. It's this. I'm going to guess this or My Sweet Lord. I'm not sure. You George Harrison fans can let me know. George Harrison, Riot, and Shania Twain have all been on the show today. Thanks to Joe Cook for his time. Obviously, we talked Texas beating Penn State, getting to the Sweet 16. Dylan to Sue, 28-10. and 10. More on Dylan coming up here in the Flex segment. And remember, Texas women's hoops. They're going to close the Moody Center down in terms of basketball tonight. Now, other stuff obviously will come in, but those basketball goals will be moved for a while, other than those Spurs games that are coming in. That's right. Spurs are coming in for a couple of games in, in, uh, in April. But college games will be done after tonight. Can the Texas women's basketball team avenge the loss to Louisville earlier in the season and advance to the Sweet 16? Rory Harmon is back in the lineup, of course, which she was not when they lost to Louisville. And if you have not looked in on this women's team, they are a lot of fun to watch. If you dig women's basketball, they're a hard-working group. They're going to bust their ass on the defensive end. Rory Harmon is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and Texas is going to give you 40 full minutes. And it's going to be tough for Louisville to get out of this one. Louisville barely got the win against Drake, uh, and now they're going to be facing a a tough test. Texas won easily, 79-40 in their first game. So let's see if they can keep that going as a four seed on the women's side. And remember, the one seed is out in their region. Stanford is out. So they were going to have to go to Seattle and face Stanford, theoretically. Now it would be Ole Miss that they're playing. That's a whole different discussion, Zay. 
That Big is ex- exactly what they'd be looking for. Now, Ole Miss playing their ass off right now. That's yeah, a, they look good. That's a good women's team right now. So, uh, to go again, to go to Stanford and beat them on their floor is a massive deal. That's huge. So, the fact that they pulled that off is impressive. So, Texas women tonight, 6 o'clock, 545 pregame, over on 105.3, the bat. Yeah, Shaylee Gonzalez had 20 against Eastern Carolina. She could really shoot it. Mm-hmm. That might be one of the best transfer portal gets in the nation in women's college basketball. Pull her from BYU. I want to say she was like the – what. What division they in? Mountain West or the? I think they are Mountain West still, right? I think she was Player of the Year one of the years she was there, and her and Rory Harmon, they're a really tough backcourt. So, like you said, Louisville didn't see Rory Harmon the first time they played, and Haley Van Leef, she's one of the best players in the nation for Louisville. The blonde hair lefty, she could really go look for Rory Harmon to slow her down tonight. If you don't get out to the Moody Center to uh, support the team, obviously again listen to it over on 105.3 The Bat. You can also sync up that sound and uh, check it out on the ESPN family of networks tonight. All right, let's get you the Flex segment. We'll give a little more love to Mr. DeSue. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. I tell you what, let's be fair. Let's not have us give him the love. Let's have his bat, his high school basketball team give him the love. If you didn't know, Dylan DeSue played at Hendrickson. He's a Pflugerville kid. And Hendrickson hoops over the weekend, Zay, once Texas won, they tweeted out, the epitome of a Hawk hooper. Dylan DeSue is our all-time leader in career threes made. Most points ever in a game, 50. Block. <laughs> it's great. Blocks and a host of other categories. Unbelievable person and teammate congrats to Texas men's basketball flex ATX retweeted that so I thought we would mention it but congrats to all you folks in Hendrickson that's what this is all about Zay when we had the flex discussion is that that local feel and then these guys are continuing guys and girls continuing to go through the college and then pro level man Dylan DeSue 28 and 10 making Pflugerville proud absolutely I mean what he's done this later half of the season has been incredible. The way that he's been able to allow the guards who draw so much attention, Serge Jabari Rice, Tyrese Hunter, and Marcus Carr, allow them to have an escape goat. When they get double teamed, he just being open and hitting those floaters and push shots and being a great pick and roll player. He takes so much pressure off of everybody. And his motor, his defense has been great. The block that he had against TCU, that might have been one of the biggest blocks of the year. You know, it was in clutch time that led to a Marcus Carr layup, which extended the lead and allowed the Horns to win by six. If he didn't make that block and they TCU scores right there, who knows if the Horns would have been Big 12 champs. So, man, being an Austin Knight kind of makes you scratch your head of why Shaka Smart didn't recruit him. Like, he was mm-hmm. good enough to play in the SEC, good enough to play D1. He's dropping 50 in games. Why right. didn't you recruit him? You know who else dropped 50 in games, Chad, that's around this area? Jamal Shedd. Oh. I don't even think he got a letter from Marcus uh, for Shaka Smart. Jamal Shedd playing over in Maynard. Uh, that Maynard. Playing in Maynard. Yeah, right down the street. Ain't that far. You no, can go not. hand deliver it to him. <laughs> it's only going to take an hour from campus. Not that far. Not that far you're at right, all. You're right. So... Yeah. 
that kind of things don't make sense, but it's a kind of big mm-hmm. reason why Shaka Smart, with the one of the best teams he's ever had, is at home right now. Uh-huh. You all know right. what I'm saying? Uh, all right, now let's stay with that theme, because also in the Flex segment, I wanted to mention the tweet of the weekend from a Flex guy, if you will. It's a guy we've been following, obviously, for a while. He is now the Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. Shout out to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson tweeted a video of Texas dancing in the locker room, which is awesome if you haven't seen it. The music fires up, Timmy Allen's dancing, you get to see Dylan DeSue come in, the water gets drenched all over him. It's one of those great moments that the tournament produces. Garrett Wilson tweets out, I love seeing the University of Texas value the talent in their backyard of Austin. Now they're winning. Crazy how that works. Love to see it. Ha ha. Oh, my chest. Oh, my God. My chest. (laughs) He's going after you there, Zay. the pain, my chest, my chest. Oh, Thomas Herman, Thomas Herman. Okay, look. Now, for Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. he is a Ohio-born kid. I was going to say there is that a co- move. There was a Columbus connection yes. early in the life, and then he, he moved. moved yeah. to Austin, uh-huh. so he reps both. You know, but but the recruiting folks would tell you that Texas was not in as early as Ohio State was. No, not as 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 interested as quickly. Well, we know what. Tom Herman likes at his wide receivers. He likes those big, tall, you yeah. know, big, tall, six, three guys that could, you know, jump and stuff. Colin Garrett, Johnson. Colin Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But Garrett Wilson is one of the best high school football players to ever come out of Texas at the wide receiver position. It don't matter what you like, Tom. You can make an exception. <laughs> Do you like this? Do you like winning? Do you like greatness? Yeah. Do you like winning? Like Garrett said. Do you like greatness? Do you like having guys on your team? Because that guy that made that very petty tweet was Offensive Rookie of the Year yeah. this past season in the National Football League. He kind of has a right to the petty, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I'll never forget, Chad. I'll never forget because it was when Elijah Higgins and Garrett Wilson, they took a trip together when they went to UT. I think they were on the same recruiting trip where they were trying on all the merch and all the jerseys and stuff like that. And I will never forget Elijah Higgins. I don't know if it was his Snapchat or Instagram. He's filming all the guys in the gear and stuff. And you could hear Garrett Wilson say, I don't even like Texas. I ain't even that type of guy. You know, I'm ba- I'm just here because I'm, you know, why not? I like free merch. It's cool. <laughs> I'm getting recruited. I'm getting wine and dine. So he knew he wasn't going to go there from jump. Okay. And it was because Tom Herman didn't recruit him when he should have from jump. So it's just some extra hurtful that Garrett Wilson throwing out there. Yeah, just a little bit. But, yeah, I I get the tweet. I get the tweet. I'm glad because Rodney Terry ain't going to make that mistake if he gets the job, when he gets the job. So there are those that see a tweet like that, and they know that the focus should be for you know for the University of Texas to not allow the Garrett Wilsons of the world to get out of your area. You want to make sure, J.K. Dobbins, that guys oh, don't get kid. out of your area. He what, went to LaGrange. What you want to do, Drew Brees, is make sure... <laughs> That a guy that's right there in your area, Nick Foles, does not get out of the area and then go to school somewhere else. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. That's what you don't want. That is what you do not want to happen. Garrett Wilson with an interesting tweet there. Uh, And that's one of the things that 
we, you know, to have this the the flex discussion we have, we want this to be when there's so much talent right now in the Central Texas area. We would love to see this talent stick around and not necessarily end up going a long, long way away, Coach Freeman, Notre Dame, to certain schools that just end up, you know, finding all these guys and 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 knowing where the talent is. So we're going to mention the names and hopefully, you know, we'll get some get them some attention from you know from the schools around this area. There are some guys that want to get away from home. That That's say, true. you know what, mom and dad, these chores that y'all used to throw on me all the time, I don't want. I don't even want y'all to give me a call when mama cleaning. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even. I don't need a call. Let's not even try to risk that, mom and dad. Y'all could call me, Facetime. Popular nowadays, it's 2023. We can Facetime. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to get as far as away from you as possible. But this is Austin, Texas. Far enough away that when dad needs to mow the lawn, he has yeah, to do he it. He has to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I get that. But this is Austin, Texas. Yeah. This is the University of Texas. The mm-hmm. resources are just too good. Now, the name that you didn't say there, which make an exception on, is your guy Ryan Swope, but he had A&M ties with his parents. That's true. Now, but there, again, and there's those also. Yeah, and I, but the, that's one where I'm not saying it's a, it's that's not the best version for say a Texas fan, but at least he ended up in the area, yeah. the region within like a hundred, hundred and fifty miles. He stayed in the state, right? Like those are the two. That's where I when when I see a guy that didn't go to Texas and didn't go to A and M and didn't go to TCU or Baylor or those are the ones or Tech. Those are the ones. Like the the fact that Drew Brees got all the way out of this state is unreal. Because it's not like you could say, well, it was kind of a secret. Nobody they won state. Yeah, and he chunked it all over the field. Yeah, he did have that weird release back then. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he did. He had that like Brian uh, Brian Leftwich yeah. like little wind up uh, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He, he tightened it up you, though. You know who never complained about that? The receivers he was throwing to and the DBs trying to cover him. They never said that's the weirdest release I've ever seen. Yo, this dude got Purdue to the Rose Bowl. Oh my God. Purdue. Yes, he did. Yes. They put a special decal on that helmet with a rose on it because of him. <laughs> he dragged him there. It was incredible. <sighs> It was unbelievable. At five foot ten. Oh five my foot god! Yeah, it's just impressive. By the way, speaking of local guys and offers and talent, we were talking about Adrian Wilson the other day, the talented kid at Weiss, the receiver. He just got an offer from Arizona State in the last couple days, and he was listed on a top ten list of guys that went to an on three event, a camp event. So more and more people starting to say that name, Adrian Wilson. He's gonna be a badass this year. They gonna keep. He gonna keep racking them up. Yeah. After that one hand moss job he had on seven on seven. Ooh, that was impressive. Coaches see that. Impressive. All right. Check out FLXATX on your social media, flexatx.com for all that stuff. And again, congratulations to D- to Dylan Dessou and the Longhorns. Dylan, the Pflugerville Hendrickson product. Let's see if Texas can keep it going. They're in the Sweet Sixteen for the first time since 08. Up next, it's where are we at in society with Zay coming up at two. Speaking of Dylan DeSue, we got a special guest coming up that Zay was able to hook us up with, Zach Urbanis of Texas Pro Academy and BTY Basketball. Zay, this is a guy that has known Dylan DeSue for a while, trained together, worked out with him. He's been uh, with Dylan, uh, has known Dylan a long time, right? Yeah, he's known Dylan, been training with him since high school, still trains with him today. He's trained with guys like Avery Bradley, Alex Caruso, Jahil Oker. 
Okafor out of Duke, Jared Allen, the list goes on, and he doesn't discriminate either. He'll train from pros to guys in middle school. As long as you want to work on your game, Zach will train you, and he's good at it. Very cool. We'll get you that info if you're interested, but also we'll get some info from Zach on Dylan DeSue, battling through that injury, getting back to where he is now, and 28-10 and against Penn State. Pretty cool stuff. Zach Urban is coming up at 2.05 to talk to Sue and the basketball team and some training stuff as well. Where We At in Society is next with Zay. Don't move. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. All right. Hmm. I know the song. I feel like you might have played this song before. Oh, yeah? Is it a single or a group? Group. They're deep. Oh, it's deep. It's a little deep cut. Cross My Broken Heart. Yeah, this is going to be one where I know the song. I do not know the artist. Who is it? The Jets. Yeah, I wasn't coming up with that. Yeah, they were like nine deep. That's one my wife would have known, probably. The Jets. Okay. Is that two T's on Jets? No. Just regular? Yeah. The Jets. <laughs> nine nine of them? All women? Uh, it's eight. All There's women. Five dudes, three girls. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's getting along. Yeah. Full group. All right. The Jets. To go with George Harrison and Riot and Shania Twain. They've all been a part of the show today. We hope you are having a good Monday. By the end of this Monday, Texas women's basketball will know if they're headed to the Sweet 16. They're trying to do that for the third straight year. They're going up against Louisville. If you want to get out to the Moody Center to support them, go right ahead. TexasSports.com slash tickets is your way to do that. We'll see if Coach Schaefer's group can get through. And as we've said, if they do, they're not having to deal with the number one seed, Stanford. Now, they may end up having to deal with the number two seed in that region, which is Iowa, and the number three seed in that region, which is Duke, but they will not have to deal with Stanford. So we will see what happens there. Uh, We also had a texter say that they think a matchup of uh, Rodney Terry and Rick Barnes would be a lot of fun. That'd be a championship game. That'd be that Monday night is what that would have to be if it's going to be the two shades of orange getting together again for all the marbles. We're a long way from that. Texas and Xavier, Friday night. We'll be talking about it all week long. Coming up at 2.05, as we mentioned, uh, Zach Urbanis, a guy that knows Dylan DeSue very well, knows some of the other Texas basketball players as well, has trained with him, worked out with him, and uh, we're going to get his perspective. I know he was had to be so thrilled watching Dylan DeSue pour 28-10 and 10 in on Penn State. So uh, Zach of Texas Pro Academy and BTY Basketball coming up. Also, yeah, Zach's also trained Jamal Shedd, KJ Adams. Oh, Rob. okay. If you're from Austin and you haven't trained with Zach, you're tripping. So we can ask him about Houston. Absolutely. And what they're looking like because uh, Texas and Houston, maybe the, that'd be a tough one for him. We have to ask him, hey, if Texas and Houston play, who are you rooting for? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> be, be honest. <laughs> us, what, what, what are you doing? Uh, so that's Zach coming up at 205. Right now, though, let's get where are we at in society with Zay. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, uh, do I need to go to Twitter? Yeah, just go to Twitter so uh, you get a gist of what right. we're talking about today. Ooh. Scotty Pippen's ex-wife, Larsa Pippen, is all over social media and the headlines all the time because she is currently dating Scotty's former teammate, Michael Jordan's son, Marcus. Whew, yes. Yeah, that's a lot to take in. So Larsa, she is also on Real Housewives of Miami, 
and they had their, I guess, final episode where the girls get to get all glammed up and talk about the season. You mean the like reunion special? Yeah, the reunion special. There it is. You got to have that. My, yeah. my wife's a reality show expert, so yeah, that's a reunion special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There it goes. Uh-huh. So on the reunion special, she claims that during her 23 years of marriage with Scottie Pippen. Yes. They had sex every day or every night, four times a night Whoa. for 23 years. Not four times in a 24-hour period. You're saying four times yes, once the 20- evening began. Yeah. Wow. Or I'll guess to say a day. Could be a day. Let's oh, we'll oh, give him okay. a day. All right. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Four times a day, huh? For 23 years. Yeah. Yo, good for them. Scotty must be on that Mike Harge blue chew. My God, he's getting it in. Hey, you know what? You know what? <laughs> Just because he now, now we know the reason he didn't want to tip is he had to put his money towards had other to put things. his money on other things. Had to put his money towards you know maybe uh, setting the mood with music, right. setting the mood with clothing, with candles, with uh, bubble bath. I mean, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna be having sex four times a day, you gotta keep. You gotta spice it up. You gotta keep it interesting, <laughs> right? You gotta keep things moving. Maybe that's why Scotty never tips anybody. You think that Larsa? Made Scotty be Michael on some role playing nights. Because you got to be creative, Chad. We're running out of ideas here. Come Every on. Every night, four times. Mm. Honey, you put on the Jordan 2s tonight. You're Michael. You're the man. I think you, you get to take the last shot. I think you just discovered what ended their marriage. I think that's what ended their marriage. Oh, man. So the dude. <laughs> <laughs> the dude that was running the whole thing, he goes, wow, Marcus has some big shoes to fill. She straight up says he wears a size 15 shoe. He aight. He does well on himself. Dad, so, Marcus. Well, there's a lot of business being thrown out here. I know. But, hey, this is what you get when you date a woman like this. This is what y'all wanted. Y'all don't have to date. Y'all can date a nice, wholesome librarian type. Y'all say no. Y'all want to date the bootleg Kardashian, Larsa Pippen. You want to date the crazy you, one. Uh, yeah, y'all wanted go. this. Y'all like this. So, hey, I mean, she look good. I get it. She okay. look good. Marcus, I ain't mad at you. You All know, right. Mike, I'm a little mad at you because Mike could have X'd this out. Mm. Mike could have said, Marcus, bruh, you weren't there for game six of the 98 finals, bruh. You weren't there when Scotty was limping up the court because he had back problems. You weren't there. <laughs> You weren't there. You weren't there, man. When Scotty was dunking on Patrick Ewan, you weren't there. I went to war with this guy. You can't date his ex-wife. But Pops, they're exes. She ain't married no more. She feeling me. She likes me. I don't care, son. We're one of the richest families in the world. Yeah. You could get somebody we, else. We will find you yeah. someone else. Yeah. This is Mike's fault. Especially like we're trying to rekindle the friendship. Because Michael and Scotty ain't getting along. And this is this can't help well, that just, at all. That just tells you that that at least one side of it may I don't know that either side really wants to rekindle anything deep down. Why uh, not? I, I'm just telling you that's what it feels like to me. Watching them both on that documentary and whatever it is. I don't know. If Chad, they, these if two they want to men reconcile. Are, these two men are part of the are part of greatest basketball we've ever seen in the history of the game. Oh, I know. Yeah, I agree. Some of the and they can't be cool with one another. You know how depressing that is. Well, it is. It is a little. Yeah, it is a little extra sad that the one of them that you know, the one of them that is Michael Jordan, like you said, could not have figured out. A, and maybe it was. Maybe the relationship started, and he had no idea. Did it get a little ways down the line before he found out? 
Like, do we know that part of the story? Do Michael and his son really get along at all? Like, is the son doing it to spite Michael more than he's doing it to spite Scotty? Yeah. Is he doing it to get after 23 as much as he's doing it to get after 33? You know? Right. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. But there's obviously got to be a lot of pressure and weirdness and strangeness to be Michael Jordan's son. But there is no way that that's just a coincidence. Like, there's no chance. Zero. Somebody is doing something. Either she's got it in her mind, he does, Michael's kid, or, you know, it's one of those. There's no way they came into that completely organically. Like, think about how many times they went to one another's parties. Larsa was there, Scottie Pippen's arm, and there comes little boy... Marcus, yeah, with his PlayStation in his hand, saying, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Want to see my new Game Boy? Yeah, want to see my new game? Hey, Scotty, you ain't trying to play against me, dog. I'll knock you out. Hey, y'all, my shoe size went up last year. I'm an 11 now. Hey, you keep on going. (laughs) That happened. That happened. Oh, you can't have it all, I guess. It's so rude. It is so yeah, yeah. There's a lot of rudeness there. It's a shame. It it's is a shame. shame. I watched every moment of that run. I loved watching that team play. And I've always loved the idea. It always felt like at least that Scottie Pippen could understand who he was in that situation and who his teammate was. Right. Like he could understand because I would argue there was a stretch where he was the second best player in the whole league. In the league! Nobody in the league was better than Scottie Pippen except that guy that happened to be on his team. Jordan fans hate that you said that, but you're true. But It's right. That's the way it looked to me, right? As I'm watching it play out during seasons, I'd be thinking to myself, man, Michael's still the best player in the league, but my God, I think Scottie's the second best player in this whole league, and that's what makes them extra good. But Scotty can't maybe deal with that deep down? I don't know. How can you not deal with Michael Jordan? I don't understand. This would never happen with Magic Johnson and Kareem. He's MJ. Yeah. Never. Now Magic Johnson's son's a little bit sassier (laughs) than Marcus Jordan. But that's different. It would never happen. Let me tell you what. You're right. There's no way. No way. Now those two are further apart in age, too. I think that helps. Yeah, yeah. Kind of different generations in a way. But yeah, there's more respect. There's more respect between those two. I say a time was never do this to Joe Dumars. If Magic Johnson found out one of his kids was interested in Kareem's ex, come on. <laughs> that would be over by nightfall. It's trash. <laughs> that would be done. Oh, that is crazy. But I love that it came out during a reunion special <laughs> on a reality show. Of course it did. Of course it did. All right, coming up next, we'll talk to Zach Urbanis of Texas Pro Academy and BTY Basketball. He's trained with and worked out with a lot of the basketball stars in the area that you're watching now in the tournament, including Dylan DeSue of Texas and Jamal Shedd of, uh, of Houston. They're both in that Midwest region. We'll get his thoughts on what's happening in the tournament and what did he think of Dylan D'Souza's 28 and 10 we will find out plus if you or somebody in your house is interested in a little training uh, in terms of basketball we will talk to Zach about uh, the information that you may need so stick with us it is Monday Texas is in the Sweet 16 on the men's side and as of tonight could be in the Sweet 16 on the women's side 6 o'clock tip for that game over on the bat remember to get out to the Moody Center and support them tonight. This is The Horn.